Hello, and welcome to the Big Fish Adventures in Tech podcast. I am your host, Sager Fisher, and today I want to welcome Chris Haller as my guest. Currently the Director of Professional Services at Centripetal, he recently became only the 329th security professional to pass the GSE, which is considered the most prestigious uh, credential in IT security. Chris started his career in tech with the U.S. Navy as an information systems technician before transferring to the Navy Cyber Defense Operations Command, where he absolutely fell in love with cybersecurity. So, Chris, welcome to the Big Fish podcast. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on. So excited to have you. Um, I think one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because you're honestly one of the most passionate security professionals that I um, have ever met. And so I was really excited to to bring you on and, and talk through and kind of learn about your history and um, why you got into the industry. So really appreciate you taking the time to to be here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, you know, like you said, pretty passionate about this stuff and really enjoy talking about it and uh, helping others. Cool. So yeah, so I guess from a starting point, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself? I think one of the most fascinating parts about our industry is that very rarely do folks kind of get into the industry or, or go to school for it. It's something that they kind of stumble upon. But in the case of your situation, it's something that from a very young age, you quickly um, gravitated towards and and started to really uh, hone your, your skills at a young age. So I'd really like to hear kind of your background and why you think that was the case for you. Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, I played a lot of video games when I was younger, <laughs> definitely way too many video games, which, um, y- you know, it all worked out. I, I knew I liked to use computers because I liked playing the video games and I liked the technical stuff, but I didn't really know a lot about it. Um, you know, when I was a lot younger, I, th- uh, I knew I wanted to work with technology. I, I thought for sure I wanted to be like a, a system administrator on like a Windows network or, or Linux or something along those lines. But again, I didn't have the training. I didn't know what to expect, how a network works, all of that stuff. So um, in high school, uh, my wife and I um, ended up having our daughter when we were juniors in high school. Um, so at, at that point, I knew that I, I couldn't necessarily go straight into college that I had to figure out uh, a different path so that I could help provide for my family uh, in a more direct way. So Mm. that's why I chose to join the Navy. And while I was joining the Navy, learning about it, doing all this stuff, you know, I saw that uh, they offered a uh, a rate called IT. And your rate in the Navy is the type of job that you do, the uh, specific tasks that you're expected to do uh, day in and day out. And you get all sorts of training for it. So doing all this research, I saw that IT, you know, they work with computers, they work with radio systems, uh, do a lot of uh, network administration, system administration. And that aligned exactly with what I wanted to do. So I was like, cool, sign me up, let's do it. Um, when I when I was at MEPS, yeah, which is the uh, military entrance processing uh, station. Uh, basically, you know, that's where they, they do everything, where they're uh, looking at all your medical records, making sure you're fit for duty, all this fun stuff. And, you know, everybody hears these horror stories about like, hey, you go to MEPS and they'll offer you a different uh, job than the one that, you know, you think you're going there for, so never listen to them, don't do that. So I was... Uh, there the day you know i was going to sign my contract get processed in did the whole thing you know starting at 5 a.m it was like two o'clock in the afternoon by this point and they sit down 
uh, you know, talk about the rates. And one of the uh, the guys there, he was like, hey, uh, do you know anything about uh, cryptologic technicians? And, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, man, I, I don't like puzzles. I don't like, you know, working with math or, or any of this stuff. And then, like, I know people are trying to get me into something I, I don't want to do. So I told him, no, I'm not interested. And then he was telling me, like, hey, you know, this is about, like, cryptologic technician networks. And I, I just blew it off. I said, no, no way. Um, later on, got to boot camp. I met a, uh, a few other guys that were um, signed up to be the cryptologic technicians. So that, that the CTN is what that rate is. And uh, it turns out those are the guys that do uh, directly cybersecurity uh, for the Navy instead of, you know, like the, the system admin and, uh, you know, working with radios. And, you know, they get all this training for computer hacking, computer defense, all this stuff. So I was just, uh, you know, a little bit upset that I didn't really realize that when, uh, you know, I was getting processed in and all that, um, but really made the best situation out of it. When I was done with boot camp, I went to a school for the Navy, which was down in Pensacola, Florida. Um, while I was there, I was there for about six months and uh, learned everything from absolute basics of here's you know how a computer works, here's all the parts inside of a computer, what that means, what they do, uh, to going through uh, networks and you know what each layer in a network means how it all works. We played a lot with uh, Packet Tracer, which is a uh, network simulation program. Uh, I, I absolutely loved it. Super technical, very intense learning pipeline, all this stuff. I, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, at that point, you know, I, I built a few computers on my own, so I was very comfortable with how like computer hardware works, what each part does, what it means. Uh, for the most part, I knew networking uh, enough to you know troubleshoot some issues, what that means. Uh, but being able to actually sit down in a classroom environment and learn this stuff for six months straight was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, couldn't get enough of it. Uh, I think I ended up getting three certificates out of that training pipeline because at that point, um, all of these certificates were requirement in order to uh, do some type of computer cyber position uh, for the DOD. So... Um, you know, I, I did that training pipeline, finished that, um, and then I went to a aviation squadron in uh, Whidbey Island, Washington. Uh, when I was there, I had a chance to do a lot of system administrator work. I did deploy on uh, the USS Harry S. Truman, um, and when we were on board the carrier, uh, you know, I had a chance to really actually do all this technical work. I read a lot of technical books about how to manage network, what that means, how to do that kind of activity. Uh, learned a lot. That was actually where I wrote my first program, um, which was a lot of fun. I, I really fumbled my way around to try and learn how to do that, uh, but it saved an unbelievable amount of time. So I, I was really glad that I had a chance to do that and, uh, and learn all that stuff. And geez, I mean... I think it was five years, six years later, I, I actually sat down and uh, taught myself how to actually program instead of, uh, you know, fumbling my way around to, until I get something to work the way I needed it to. Um, so looking back on that, it, it was a lot of fun to figure that out and uh, saved a lot of time uh, with what we needed in that moment. I did three years at that aviation squadron, and then um, I had a chance to go to the Navy Cyber Defense Operations Command.
and that is out of Suffolk, Virginia. So we moved from Washington State all the way out to Virginia in uh, Hampton Roads. Uh, I learned a ton there because at, at this point in my career, I was really you know just that sysadmin kind of guy working with emails, making sure people can log on, submit trouble tickets, handle the trouble tickets, you know that that kind of deal. Um, but then when I had my first taste of doing the cyber stuff, I was completely hooked. I, you know, it was unbelievably fun to have a chance mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, learn how people are hacking into these networks, how to find the people that do that. And also, oh yeah, here's the things they actually do to hack into the networks. I, I absolutely loved it. I got way too engrossed in it. Um, when I was at NCDOC, they have a, a huge uh, training budget when I was there. Uh, so it was pretty much, you know, hey, if you want some kind of training, just ask and, you know, we'll figure out a time for you to go. So I, I really uh, pushed the limit on that. <laughs> um, I probably got about maybe $400,000 worth of training through NCDOC and my time in the Navy entirely. Um, all you had to do was ask. That's the thing. You got to ask yeah. to do the work. It's it's extra work on top of everything else. Uh, for the most part, they're not going to you know take you away from your job to go be in a class for a week or two. Um, there was a lot of you know my personal time working that or in downtime when I was on watch or something along those lines. Um, but that was a a ton of fun where I really learned uh, a lot more and some very in depth stuff about uh, you know cyber my career doing this kind of work. Um, and then I, I started getting into uh, CTFs, which are the uh, the Capture the Flag competitions. And, uh, you know, uh, we've hosted a few of our own that I put together. Um, so it's kind of like, hey, we got to figure out how to solve this specific problem. And then, you know, when you solve that problem, you'll get a flag, which proves that you figured out how to solve that puzzle. And these are very technical-based problems, you know, in most CTFs where you have to use a specific tool in one way or, or figure out how to interpret some kind of information and use that to solve a problem or find something. Um, it's a ton of fun because it really forces people to understand how to use their tools, how to use their tool set, uh, how to think about how something would work in a, uh, a live scenario. And, uh, I attribute the CTFs to uh, a lot of my success where um, I've been able to think about how to solve problems, how to find them, how to find, you know, like the most common issues that show up. Uh, a lot of these things are uh, things like hack the box or try hack me. Uh, you know, these very large websites that provide all of this training uh, to the InfoSec community, to the internet. And, you know, again, it just kind of goes down to that, uh, you got to put in a little bit of effort to learn it on your own. 2019 is when I was done with the Navy, done with active duty. Uh, I did eight years at that point, and then I uh, moved up here to New Hampshire uh, with my family. Uh, my wife and I, we both grew up in Maine, so being able to move to New Hampshire was pretty phenomenal uh, because you know, we're a lot closer to our family at that point. So it was much easier to see everyone and uh, we we're about an hour away from, you know, where both of our families lived, which, you know, is far on, enough away for normal people to, uh, you know, not just stop by and show up, 
but uh, my wife's parents aren't normal people, so they'll just stop by anytime. <laughs> but they're great. They're great to have around. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's it's so fun. I could listen to you like your background and your story forever because I think what sets you apart from a lot of folks, not not in cybersecurity necessarily, but just in nine to five jobs in general, because you you use the word fun all the time. And it's not just a nine to five for you. It's truly is a passion. You know, when you're done with your workday, it's centripetal. You don't just kind of go home and, and hang up your hat and say, I'm done for the night. You know, obviously you, you do your family thing. I know family is super important to you. But then after that, you're constantly looking for ways to to better yourself and you have a real passion for this. And I guess, you know, would you say that that's kind of your strongest um, attribute as far as your passion and your genuine curiosity? And that's what made you find so much success? Or where does that that stem from? Yeah, the, the passion is a huge, huge part. Like, I if, if I hated this, I would not be doing all this extra stuff and wanting to learn more about it. It's you know, that little bit of curiosity, like, okay, well, you know, I know a computer is supposed to work in this way, or it's supposed to behave in this way. But, you know, you know, that hacker mindset is, okay, what if I do it this way? Can I get it to behave in a way that it doesn't normally? Or does it behave in a way where uh, there's some kind of potential that it can be redirected into something for my advantage? And that's something that, you know, we leverage and really pay attention to a lot when we're doing our, our pen tests or vulnerability assessments just you know is this a potential vulnerability and does this vulnerability give us an advantage we can use to attack an environment and you know those are the same things the the threat actors are doing the attackers are doing on the internet and i learned a lot from my time at ncdoc about you know how threat actors think the kind of things they do why they do them um you know, like why they're sending a million phishing emails, seeing who who picks one up versus, you know, that very specific spearfish whaling email, uh, you know, where they put a lot of time and effort into one individual. So being able to transfer those, uh, again, it's it's so much fun to, to see how this works and, you know, to be able to have an impact from that perspective as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, you know, obviously, it's no secret that there, you know, we're at a massive deficit in our industry, right, getting folks to um, join the the cybersecurity or, or tech industry in general. In your mind, like, what do you think is, what's the holdup? Why do you think we have this, this problem, um, this extreme shortage that we're running into? In your mind, you know, kind of what's um, prohibiting folks from, from, you know, following the trajectory of your career, say, for example? Yeah, that's a great question. So like you said, it, it's difficult for people to break into cyber, people that have, you know, certifications or they got a degree in something because, you know, having a degree or certification doesn't necessarily mean that you can do it in a operational capacity in the real world. And it's, it's tough to say because the certifications are important. It shows that you have, you know, a certain baseline level of knowledge, but it doesn't show that, hey, I actually know how to use these tools in a way to be effective. Um, so that's where things like the CTFs, the hack the box, the try hack me, they come in and they, the candidates that do that kind of work 
are far and away unbelievably much more prepared than ones that just went to college, got the degree, uh, you know, did well in college. But there, there's a huge uh, level of knowledge gap between those two types of individuals. And, you know, even for the ones that just got out of college or, you know, just got out of the, the military or something, if they don't have some kind of experience in cyber, if they can show that, hey, I've been doing these CTFs for a long time. Here's the ones I've done. These ones are my favorite because of this reason. That that speaks volumes. So would you say if you had kind of any wisdom to impart for the folks that are, say, in high school or, or just graduating from college, that that would be the place that for them to start would be those CTFs? Yeah, and it's it's come a very long way in the last three years or so where there is a ton of introductory modules for really anybody to try and learn about this stuff. And so having a chance to you know, start through that stuff, work through it, it builds a huge amount of fundamentals and the, those kind of core concepts that uh, a lot of people really struggle with, you know, things like here's how to effectively use a Linux box versus sitting in a classroom and learning what all these commands do, but never actually running them. And for me, I would also say uh, every single job that I have ever had post-college was from networking. So, and from a St. Lawrence University graduate. Um, so I can't say enough for me personally about the role mentors have played in my life. I am so incredibly grateful um, that they've helped guide my, the trajectory of my career and I've always been willing to, to help and make an introduction. What about the role of mentors in your life? I know that you are currently writing, you know, in the process of writing a book with one of your professors. Um, so obviously you have a lot of great connections that you've made throughout this journey. And what does that look like in your overall career path? Yes, the mentorship is my favorite part of, you know, what I do in my career. Uh, I really like to be able to help others as well as, you know, the ways I was kind of helped when I was very junior. Um, you know, this was either things like teachers or, uh, you know, some, some chief petty officers when I was, uh, you know, a junior sailor, uh, where they were really pushing me to try and be, you know, the best kind of person I am or look for things to do to try and improve myself. Um, and I absolutely love doing this, this mentorship, uh, you know, as an alumni for my university that I got my bachelor's and master's from, as well as for the uh, SANS Technology Institute, where um, I just finished a, a graduate certificate program with them. Uh, so being able to work with those kind of junior students or people that are just trying to get into cyber uh, from those, uh, I, I absolutely love it. I can't get enough of it. I, I really like doing it in a, uh, a competition aspect as well. Um, the SANS Technology Institute participates in the National Cyber League uh, twice a year. And uh, I've been doing these kind of write-ups and, and leading some trainings for these other students as well. And, and that's by far my favorite interactions with the, uh, the other students at the STI. Yeah, and I think for, you know, at least for me, I am, you know, a self-proclaimed introvert, um, which is, I think a lot of times, it's really hard for folks to just put themselves out there and reach out to folks like you. Um, they have this imposter syndrome, right? But at the end of the day, like, what's the worst thing that someone is going to say is, is no, right? And is that the most horrible thing that someone could say? So I am a huge advocate for um, 
putting yourself out there, which goes against every, you know, fiber of my being as someone who, you know, um, that's incredibly difficult for. So, um, and I imagine, you know, it's difficult for a lot of other folks. So I would definitely say like, if somebody were to reach out and kind of pick your brain, you, I know for a fact that we would love to, to talk to them and, um, share your story for sure. So there's people out there that are willing to help um, for sure, which, I think is, um, but it, it's, it's hard. I get it. It's hard to put yourself out there, but, um, the risk is, is, you know, the reward is, is far greater than the risk, right? In my opinion. Yep. And, uh, it's funny you bring up imposter syndrome because I, I feel it all the time. Like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a new machine from Hack the Box and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what the attack vector is. And I'm looking at this stuff and I'm like, I have no clue what's going on, you know, where do I even start? <laughs> so it, it does happen all the time to me. I, I'm very certain it happens to everybody else. Some people are better at hiding it than others. Oh, 100%. But, uh, the yeah. imposter syndrome is a, a huge, huge thing, which is uh, actually really exciting to see it uh, addressed as much as it is in the uh, the professional world. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think I thank you for saying that because I think uh, to your point, it's really hard to admit when you don't know something. And then I, I like to joke that in my 20s, I like to pretend that I knew a lot more than I did. And now in my 30s, I'm like, well, you know, I don't know a lot about a lot of things. And I'm fully prepared to admit that. And I think a lot of folks find that refreshing. You know, we're all doing this thing together, right? And we all not everyone knows everything. Yep. Um, and I think that this industry can be incredibly intimidating in that regard. And I was fortunate when I first started out that I started working for a really kind of small um, reseller. And I judged each day, the success of each day based on how many questions I had to ask. And, you know, I didn't get into this industry until I was in my late 20s. And so some of the times I was asking these, you know, 22, 23 year olds questions, which was incredibly humbling. And then, you know, one day about six months in, I didn't have to ask any questions. And I remember that day very clearly. And I was like, this is a this is a good day, but I was so grateful that I worked for a company where they took a chance on somebody like me with no background, just somebody that was really interested and wanting to learn and um, motivated. And so there's companies out there like that. They exist. You just have to to find them. Um, and I think there's people out there that are willing to just to train the right people. Absolutely, and it, that goes back to your point about networking too, where uh, networking is unbelievably important. Uh, you know, going to these meetings like the the local ISSA meeting or the uh, ISC squared meetings, uh, the OWASP chapters in the local area, like this is where you meet the people that we can talk to, uh, you know, not only bounce ideas off of, but also see, hey, you know, like I'm in a position where I'm looking for a new job. Can you help me out? Um Again, the mentorship is another big part of those local chapters, being able to work with those individuals. Uh, it's so, yeah, it's just a, a huge part of getting and putting yourself out there. Yeah, it's so funny they mentioned that because at the last ISSA New Hampshire meeting, we were going around and we're making introductions and uh, we come to this younger looking guy and he's like, I'm just in high school and I just kind of want to see what this, you know, technology thing is all about. And there was just an overwhelming positive response to his presence. Like, we're all like, welcome. We're so excited to have you here. What can we do to help you? 
Um, That's awesome. And it was great. And it's, it, I'd never been in a meeting where there was somebody that was that young there. But um, if you, yeah, if you find your local ISSA, uh, New England or wherever, whatever region you live in, I think that that's a great start and you will be welcomed and you will be embraced. Um, and that's a good, you know, way to find some mentors if, you know, you don't come from a family that's necessarily um, has a background in in technology and, and you're just kind of trying to figure this whole thing out. So I think that that's a good starting point. Absolutely. Um, so for, uh, you know, kind of just looking back on the trajectory of your career, is there anything that you would do differently? Any mistakes that you made that you think you can, you know, spare listeners from repeating? I really wish I was a CTN instead of an IT. So I could have done cyber my entire eight years as active duty. Um, and then also I wish I learned how to program earlier as well as doing CTFs earlier. Mm. And, you know, there, there feels like there's a huge barrier to those kinds of things like, oh, I don't even know where to start to learn how to program or I don't even know how to do these kind of problems for a CTF. You just have to jump in and start doing it. You really do. Buy some books to learn about mm -hmm. programming. There's some fantastic books that help people from absolute beginners on how to do that. And then for the CTFs, almost every single CTF after it's over, they publish uh, what's known as write-ups. And these are, you know, the actual solutions to the problems that they posted. So you can take the write-ups and walk through step-by-step -step of, hey, I got to this point in the problem, but then when I saw, you know, this next part of the problem, I went this way, which was not the right way because they, uh, you know, went this way with the solution. So, you know, this is how I need to think about things when I see this scenario again. Or I, you know, I keep that in mind as I'm working through things, or I just learned something totally new about, you know, this specific type of technology or how to use this specific tool in, in a way. So it's, again, it does come down to, you know, taking that extra time, putting in that effort to learn how to do this stuff, how to, you know, really set yourself apart. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess to that end, like, you know, what was the, and I hear about the programming piece quite a lot, that a lot of folks wish they had had started there, but in your mind, what to date has been the hardest concept or skill for you to learn? You know, that's a really good question. Uh, as far as the hardest concept to learn, I would probably say that any kind of data science part, I, I'm just completely lost on. You know, I, I'm in a very technical, practical kind of programming sense where you know, if, if I'm writing a Python program to help brute force a website, I, I don't need, you know, whatever fancy math algorithm to help sort, you know, whatever information that I get and, you know, present it in whatever way. I'm, I'm literally just taking a list of values, looping over them with a list of passwords, and then seeing which ones come back with a positive result or not. And, you know, once you spend the time to learn how to build those programs, you know, you can just plug and play these different parts of these programs that you know work and you can start putting together some very quick and very effective things that uh, help evaluate security or solve problems. So when you get stuck when you're working on a certain problem, what's your approach to problem solving? Because I mean, you're one of the most intrinsically motivated people I know and we could, you know, talk for days about that. But kind of what is, walk me through like how you tackle a challenge or when you get hung up on something, what do you, what's your methodology for, for working through it? 
comes down to troubleshooting. And this is something I learned when I was in A school, when I first, you know, got set up on the help desk doing this kind of work. Because, you know, when you troubleshoot something, you need to narrow down to the most specific area you can where the problem exists. So in the case of a computer, you know, if your computer can't connect to the internet, it's either, you know, the Wi-Fi is messed up, the, the computer is messed up, or the entire internet is down. You know, you have no idea what's going on, which one is which. You could just sit there, you know, and cry about it. Or you can try to figure out, okay, you know, I can pull out my phone and my phone is on LTE, 4G, whatever, and I can, you know, get to Facebook on that. So the entire internet is not down. And then on my phone, I can connect to the Wi-Fi and I can see that, hey, I can get on Facebook with the Wi-Fi now. Okay, so the, the local Wi-Fi I have here works fine too. But uh, when I look at my laptop, I still can't get on the internet. And I look behind my laptop and I see there's a cord unplugged. So I plug in the cord and everything works. So, you know, it, it's about narrowing down where a problem exists. And, and that's a very difficult skill set for some people to learn. Uh, but it's unbelievably value, valuable to have that information, be able to do that, because you know you can apply this to any area of life. Um, pen testing is a really cool part about it too, because you know one part people don't talk about with pen testing is that there's a lot of troubleshooting that goes into it. When you're you know setting up a campaign, setting up a server, uh, launching an exploit, doing you know some kind of activity almost always never works the first time. And so you have to sit there, read the errors, actually read the information that's coming across, understand you know the kind of things they're looking for, and then interpret what that means and how to fix it. So troubleshooting is an unbelievably important part of uh, you know your career and, uh, and working through it. So funny, we joke going back, going back to problem solving. It's always a layer one issue, isn't it? It's always like, just, well, <laughs> plug it back in. It's either layer one or layer eight. <laughs> <laughs> just plug it back in. Um, we always, so I guess if you could, and I'm sure there's many aspects of your career that you find rewarding, but um, what is kind of the, the one thing that stands out in your mind that's the most rewarding part of your career? You know, it's a very close competition between the mentorship to help people either learn something new or, or learn how to uh, apply these things and uh, you know being able to cause an impact when we you know present a report of findings of things that we did and you know the things that we can find and tell people how it affects their environment how much of a risk this is how we did it and then you know spell out like literally everything we did, the commands we ran, how we did this, built this out. Uh, you know, it's it's just phenomenal to see how excited they are about the things we found. And, you know, it still blows my mind that like we can present this huge report of like, hey, here's how we totally hacked you guys, got control of everything and, and did all this stuff. And they go, this is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and to be able to do that to help others is a, a ton of fun. Like you said, it's it's great to be able to um, have that impact. And I'd always, always rather find that before, uh, you know, someone in China or Russia does it for them. 
right? It really does. And I think I agree with you 100%. I think it really does need to be a team sport, right? We're all, we all need to be looking out for one another. And um, I think that's what I also love about the industry is that there's just kind of, we're all in this together mentality and what can we do to lift each other up and support one another? Because it's, I mean, it's a 24 seven, 365 day a year job for sure. Um, and so with that, I guess, how do you go about protecting your time and finding that, you know, balance? I, again, I struggle with that word because I don't know if there is ever the perfect balance, but kind of what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's tough. It's a, a lot of priorities. So, uh, you know, which kind of things do I need to be learning now? You know, do I need to be spending more time with my family? What kind of things are going on with there? Uh, you know, how we kind of manage our time is, is everything. And, uh, you know, there's always a million things going on. It's just prioritizing which ones need to come first and why is uh, a very important skill to have along with everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a much easier said than, than done time and it will have, or done to, um, yes. to accomplish and it will have its, you know, peaks and valleys and, and different, you know, depending on the season of life that you're in, but it's definitely a challenge that I think a lot of people in this industry face because you're, you're always connected, right? You're always, the expectation is, is, uh, if you have internet, then you are kind of on. And so it's, it's definitely, yes. um, something that I struggle with as well, but, um, it's, you definitely are someone who has your, your priorities in check, at least it seems on the outside. So, um, I, know <laughs> yeah, I, I look like I'm put together. So. <laughs> that's half the battle, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, before closing, if you, you know, what, if you could give anyone a compelling reason to, to take the plunge and join the industry, what would be your wisdom to impart to that person that's kind of on the fence and, um, looking to explore, this world that we're in find a mentor because nobody can do it all on their own nobody knows you know what's right for you but getting yourself exposed to all these different individuals how they work their story you know the kind of things they learn is uh it will help you immensely and uh, really help kind of guide your career and you know where you want to go 100%. Um, and I guess, what are, you, what are you working on right now and where can folks find out more information about you? Yeah. So uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and you can just look me up, Christopher Haller. And, uh, you know, we work at Centripetal, so you can find me through there. Uh, I'm working on the book, like you said. Uh, the plan is to have it uh, fully written by the end of this month. And then um, my co-author said he was looking at uh, August, some kind of publication time in August, which uh, which would be really exciting if that does come together. So uh, I have a lot more writing to do <laughs> on that end. And um, I also have a website, uh, malware.org, uh, which is m4lwher.org. Um, take a look at my stuff there. I, I posted a few things, some analysis I did for some honeypots I did on the internet. And... Uh, I got some uh, really fun tools I put together on GitHub as well that uh, are, are published for uh, the open source community. That's awesome. Um, we really, you know, appreciate how giving our, you are of your time to the community. It's uh, it's hugely impactful and will certainly help, you know, folks that are in their their younger years, um, you know, have an interest in in what you do. So thank you for that. Yeah, I've um, 
created some hack the box machines as well as a uh, try hack me room as well. Since you know I've learned so much from those CTFs and those platforms, I I knew I had to provide some stuff to to give back to there as well. Now, are you able to share the context of your book, or is that something that you guys is still under wraps? Yeah, so the uh, the content behind it is you know uh, computer hacking and computer defense. So uh, there, there's a lot of really detailed stuff about you know like web application hacking, how to launch exploits, how to find exploits that people launched, um, some phishing, social engineering, all all that fun stuff. And uh, I got a lot of really good things that I've learned across my career so far that I've been sticking in there. So some you know exciting stuff to look forward to. That's awesome. Well, we will definitely have to have you back on um, when the book is ready to launch to kind of talk through more about that really exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you find the time in the day, but um, what I've always said, you know, I don't, I hate the word sacrifice because if you're truly passionate about something, I don't, I don't think it's a sacrifice and you're somebody that lives and breathes that uh, mentality, I think on a daily basis. So if you're truly passionate about something, you find the time for it. Yep. It's a, a lot of coffee too. <laughs> Coffee helps a lot. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate your time. It was really fun to, to catch up with you. And I know a lot of folks will find a lot of value out of this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.